Be thou our great deliverer, still we ask thee, thou Lord of life and death. Restore and quicken, soothe and bless with thine almighty breath. To hands that work and eyes that see, give wisdom's heavenly lore, that whole and sick, weak and strong may praise thee evermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dad's uh, doctorate was in education. And I remember one time when we were, when I was 10 or so, we were living in Tampa, and my dad was interviewed on a local uh, TV station. And I remember the host welcomed him. Welcome, Dr. Kidd. And my dad quipped, well, yes, I'm a doctor, but not the kind of doctor that can really do you any good. <laughs> on the Feast of St. Luke, we do pause to honor the doctors who can really do you some good, along with all medical professionals, nurses, physicians' assistants, ambulance drivers, EMTs, administrators and office personnel, volunteers, and heroes of our day, nurses who have cared for COVID patients, and people like uh, BioNTech's Catalin Carrico and University of Pennsylvania's Drew Weissman, who years ago had figured out how we could make messenger RNA and it was just ready to go when it was, when we really needed it. Thanks to them and thanks to all the, the people who worked so hard to get the modern miracle of these vaccines against COVID into our hands. The, the people who worked so hard to get them to us at warp speed. And so especially in this corona tide, we wanna say thank you to you. And we do so by remembering Luke the physician. So first, Luke the beloved physician. Luke, who wrote Luke and Acts, and who's with Paul in Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy, Luke was Paul's traveling companion for a decade and a half. And Paul had a nearly debilitating physical affliction of some sort. We don't know exactly what it was. People have been guessing for a couple of, for 2,000 years. It, maybe it was an eye disease, maybe it was epilepsy. Paul says that the Galatians would have gladly plucked out their eyes to give him relief. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. And no doubt, Luke attended him the whole time. No doubt that, and no doubt, Luke understood the limits of his profession's ability to accomplish things. Luke joins the mission after Paul has been stoned and left for dead. Who else would have attended to the after effects of that beating? Who else would have applied the ointments to the wounds from the, from the times that Paul received the 39 lashes? And moreover, Luke is alongside Paul during those long nights of, of Paul's soul sickness about the well-being of his churches. The Feast of St. Luke occurred actually this past Monday 
October 18th. And on that day, Cardinal Dolan uh, posted these really wonderful words. Today is the feast of St. Luke, the patron saint of healthcare providers and physicians. During COVID, hasn't our admiration for those brave, generous souls skyrocketed? They are agents of the Lord in healing his people. As it is, Luke and Paul make a powerful duo. One expert in health of the body, the other health of the soul. And indeed, on the one hand, as Sirach Ecclesiasticus, this morning's reading says, honor physicians for their services, for the Lord created them, for their gift of healing comes from the Most High, and they are rewarded by the King. The Lord created medicines out of the earth, and the sensible will not despise them. Hear that again. And the sensible will not despise them. And on the other side, on the other side of the corns, <laughs> I don't know. I need a little healing right here in my mouth. On the, on the other side of the coin, as we say, as the choir sang so wonderfully this morning, Psalm 147. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. We suffer in body and we suffer in soul. And the Lord who made us as a whole cares about healing the whole. It's in Colossians 4, verse 14, that Paul calls Luke the beloved physician. And fittingly, Luke is clearest about the fact that Sin is a sickness of soul which heaven's physician has come to cure through repentance. Listen to the way in Luke 5.32, Luke captures this particular saying of Jesus. And he captures it a little bit differently than Mark and Matthew. Jesus says, those who have their health, hoi hugiainontes, from which, from which Greek word we get hygiene, health. Those who have their health don't need a physician, but those who are sick. And for his part, Paul compares the ungodliness that false teachers promote. He compares it with flesh decaying and foul smelling gangrene. And in fact, what they're teaching is, you know, you die and you're gone. Your body rots, your soul goes to heaven, but whatever resurrection you're going to get, you already got. Yeah, that's kind of putrid as far as Paul is concerned. And it's an image that fits the theme that Paul runs with throughout these last three letters that he wrote, First and Second Timothy and Titus, that we are called to sound doctrine. It's doctrine that, hey, hugiainu say didaskalia, the health giving, the sound, the not sick doctrine. So these two, these two work together, calling for sickness, calling for, in Jesus' name, wellness of body and wellness of soul. Okay, takeaway. You know, they call the deadly sins, deadly sins for a reason. They are gangrenous. They make you really stink bad. And they ultimately will kill you. 
They are death working their way out in your body even as you, quote, live. Let's consider just one. Uh, unfortunately, happens to be one of my favorites. Envy. Wishing that other people were not doing very well. We happen to be doing right now uh, a production that we'll offer next Sunday of um, Christopher Marlowe's The um, Tragical History of the Life and Death of Dr. Faustus, who sells his soul to the devil and then tries to figure out if he can get out of the deal. Well, um, Peter is our Faustus and is too good a Faustus. Marianne de Quattro is um, our Mephistopheles and is too good a Mephistopheles as well. And so throughout the, the, the play, they're, they're bantering. And there's a, there's a place in which Mephistopheles and Lucifer bring out the seven deadly sins to entertain Faustus with the, with the prospect of the, of the wonders that he's going to receive when he makes his deal for hell. One of, one of those is, is Envy, who is also played by somebody who plays him too well. That's Ryan Tyndall. He's an excellent voice for, for Envy. And I was, I, I've really been struck by the way Envy expresses himself. Maybe hits a little too close to home. I am Envy. I cannot read and therefore wish all books were burnt. I am lean with seeing others eat. Oh, that there would come a famine through all the world that all might die and I live alone. Then thou shouldst see how fat I would be. Oh, it's not a very nice picture of life, but it can consume you. And before long, you're a job of the hut. Towards the end of the play, an old man, we call him Ned, somehow I got typecast as the old man. <laughs> old man Ned comes in and gives Faustus one last chance to back out of the deal and look to God for mercy. And Ned gets in his face and says, look, Sin is a vile and loathsome filthiness, the stench of which corrupts the inward soul. The stench of which corrupts the inward soul. The only antidote is the blood of Christ, which alone can wash away your guilt. And there's a vial of precious grace that an angel is holding right above your head, offering to pour it out into your sick soul. Well, I confess, I know, I know this beast especially well. I know its odor. Everything, everything I base my identity on, I know somebody who does it better. Believe it or not, there are people who look better. There are people who are, there are people who are, there are people who are cleverer. There are people who are smarter. There are scholars who've written more books. There are, there are, there are people who play the guitar and sing better. There are, there are people who are better athletes. There's always somebody for me to look up to and resent. 
and they can eat me alive. Give me gangrene, gangrene of the spirit and make me putrid. Or, or I can take my bearings from Jesus, the physician of the soul, and let the healing and forgiving grace of God pour in and then open my heart to other people, looking at them through the lens of Christ rather than the lens of whether they can help me or hurt me, whether they are above me or below me, better off or worse. But as people I have time for, people I can open my schedule to, people I'm here for. Now, I don't know how helpful my particular way of addressing this is to you, but it has helped me over time to try to take the full measure of what Paul says so wonderfully in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Three crisp phrases back to back. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. And by extension, with your time, with your wallet, with all that you are, because all that you are is his. Now, practically, this had to begin with me because, because underlying my envy is a thick layer of greed. It had to begin with me a long time ago of looking at Scripture and saying, oh, and Scripture's perspective is, if I belong to him, everything about me belongs to him. And the way that he asked for his people to express that is to take the first 10% of whatever comes in, lop it off, and put it on the altar and give it to him. And I found, and let that just be the baseline, and I found that over time, when I started there, I found, I found there was more of me to give, and there was more of his goodness that came my way. And then practically, also, it's meant that I've really been able, in the, this latter portion of my career, of not living with regret. I taught for 25 years at a seminary here in town, training others to do ministry. And now, like, I get to do it alongside. And, and I, found, I find the, the freedom when I don't look in terms of who's above and who's below, but who am I here for, that I, I don't have to regret the books that I didn't, well, at least didn't, haven't yet written but can be grateful for the opportunity to write my life into a Josh and a Peter and a Patricia and a Rose and, 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 and you and us. Paul says, Paul says the greatest support of the truth of the gospel is a living, thriving, strong, and healthy church. You, us, alive, doing well. 
The church of the living God, says Paul in 1 Timothy 3.15. The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Lives lived together, oriented around who Jesus is. That is the only antidote to all the false narratives, all the foolishness, all the crazy that's swirling around us. And it's that simple and that hard. I'm grateful that after Francis Epps, grandson of Thomas Jefferson, after Francis Epps had pretty much lost his fortune investing in the horribly wrong lost cause of the Civil War, Epps did not let himself slide into envious self-pity and bitterness. He left Tallahassee, where he had already helped launch what would become Florida State University and St. John's Cathedral, and he came to Orlando to start all over again in, in Citrus. And for 10 years, 10 years, as a lay reader in the Episcopal Church, he gathered people for morning prayer and evening prayer. And you, friends, we are the result. I'm grateful that envy didn't set in as gangrene of the spirit. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that grateful grace and generosity won out. And I'm grateful that the church that he founded, members of the church that he founded, this church, could give this area its first hospital, now Orlando Health. And I'm grateful that this has been a place of healing for so many and is a place of healing for so many. And I pray that we can work together to make it a place of healing for many more in the future. As we look into post-COVID life, by God's grace, I pray of a revitalized Alpha program, of more of the cathedral players developing a drama ministry to reach out for, an, and I'm grateful for the, the new online um, uh, worship ministry that we've been able to have in the last 20 months or so. So grateful for those of you who can join us, who've been able to join us. And we really long to hear your stories so that we can learn how to, to help you become more of a, more loved as part of our, of, of our cherished con congregation. Um, I, I'm looking forward to what Patricia Orlando uh, helps to orchestrate in terms of a cathedral community care group of people to, to help us care for one another. For, I'm looking forward to for creative outreach to the creative village. I'm looking forward to us being a better neighbor to Paramore and to Lake Eola. And I'm looking forward to every one of us, every one of us finding our valuable place in making this more and more the place God has called it to be, to be furthering health and life of people, whether it's volunteering, whether it's organizing, whether it's, whether it's prayer, whether it's giving, uh, giving, uh, giving, 
whether it's sharing insights, whether it's, whether it's befriending somebody who's just lost and alone, bewildered and befuddled. Let me offer one more time this elegant and gorgeous collect for the day, collect for St. Luke. Almighty God, who inspired your servant Luke the physician to set forth in the gospel the love and healing power of your son, graciously continue in your church this love and power to heal to the praise and glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen and amen.